Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here's a sample of what you'll be hearing today. And if you allow the Holy Spirit to take those truths that are sown in your heart, those truths will put to death the deeds of your body. In other words, it will put to death those sinful desires that are still plaguing you on the inside. It doesn't mean again, once you're born of God, doesn't mean that that sin is going to go. No, it does mean when you're born of God that the Lord gives you the ability to put your foot on sin's neck. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's message. Thank you once again for tuning in with us. We know the Lord has a rich and relevant word that will change and inspire you. Today, you're going to be ready. Rather, today, I pray you're ready to learn and uh, receive from what the Lord has to say to you. It's going to be awesome. Don't forget to go to our website at kingdomrock.org, kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can find today's message and so many more. And while you are there, how about giving into the ministry? And I thank you for everyone that is giving into the ministry that is helping us with our building program. Thank you, thank you, thank you for opening up your hearts and donating and giving into the ministry. And if you would like to do the same, you can just go to our website at kingdomrock.org, kingdomrock.org, and uh, click the Give button, and you can do the same today. And we thank you, because when you give, people live. Hallelujah! Praise God. All right. All right, Kingdom Rock, let's go ahead, and we're going to go right back into Romans, the fifth chapter. We were here on last week. I'm going to do a little bit of recapping uh, from... um, from last week. Then we're going to go on a little bit further because I want to show you a few more things that the Lord has been dealing with me about. Now, next Sunday, the Lord willing, we'll have with us another member of the Kingdom Rock Network uh, here in the pulpit area, Miss Shekinah Glory Scott. Yes, praise the Lord. You've heard it right here. And we look forward to hearing what thus said the Lord through the woman of God. Amen. Yes. Romans, the fifth chapter, verse 20 through 21, or just 20 and 21. This is how it reads. Romans 5, verse 20 and 21, it says this. God's law was given so that all people could see how sinful they were. But as people sinned more and more, God's wonderful grace became more abundant. King James says, where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Verse 21, so just as sin ruled over all people and brought them to death, now God's wonderful grace rules instead, giving us right standing with God and resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Grace rules. And in short, as we said on last week, Jesus crushed the power of sin. He crushed the dominion of sin because now grace rules over your life and not the law. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that in Romans, the sixth chapter, Romans six, verse 14, Romans six, verse 14 says, for sin shall not have dominion over you. It shall not have the reign, the rule over you, Why? For ye are not under the law, but under grace. We understand that that, um, sin is strengthened by law. 
sin took the occasion when it saw the law. When we understood what was required of us, sin began to thrive in us. We began to show up our rebellious nature. When the law said, don't do it, then rebellion starts to come in. It began to expose the, our rebellious nature, our sin nature, and then we began to sin. And just like we gave this example before, you have these uh, small children that are, they're all riding on their bicycles going down the road, baby is kids, and they see houses on each side of the road, and all the houses have a, they have a lot of windows. One house, the, these houses are identical. One house says on front of it, don't throw rocks at this house. Well, when the kids saw that, when they saw the law, what rose up within them, a rebellious nature rose up within them, and they felt like they wanted to throw rocks at the house. Now, one of those kids said, you know what, we ought, ought not do this, but he couldn't help himself. The law reveals what's in us. Now, before they rode down the road, before they saw the sign, that rebellious nature was already there. The sign did not cause him to do it. The sign simply revealed what was already there. The sign gave witness to it, what was already there. The law didn't put sin in you. The law showed you that sin was already present, right? That's one reason you go to the doctor and the doctor says, uh, let's take some tests. The test doesn't put it in you, at least not normally anyway. Yeah. The test doesn't put it in you. The x-ray machine doesn't put it in you. The x-ray machine just simply shows you what's there. Right? Let's stop it there. Let's go. Uh, Jesus prophesied about how he would give us dominion and power over sin in John the 8th chapter. John 8, let's look at it again, 31 through 36. I want you to see how Jesus has made you free from sin. He's made you free from sin, from the sin debt, from the rule, the reign, the, the dominion of sin over your life. And remember, sin is the great divider. Sin is a destroyer. He's made you free from that. Uh, John 8, verse 31 through 36 says, so out uh, the Amplified Bible, so Jesus was saying to the Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word, continue, continuing, um, continually obeying my teaching and living in accordance with them, then you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth regarding salvation and the truth will set you free from the penalty of sin. Continuing in his word sets you free from sin. Now, this also brings another track of thought, but let's go ahead and finish reading it. Then we get to that. Verse 33 they answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been enslaved to anyone. What do you mean by saying you will be set free? Jesus answered, I assure you and solemnly, and solemnly uh, say to you, everyone who practices sin habitually is a slave of sin. Verse 35, now the slave does not remain in a household forever. The son of the master does remain forever. So if the son makes you free, then you are unquestionably free. 
Jesus breaks us free from sin. Now, again, verse 32 talks about, and uh, verse 31, 32 talks about continuing in the words, in the, in the word of the Lord. And as you continue in his word, as you are devoted to the Lord's teachings, he said, you're going to know truth, and that truth is going to set you free. Free from what? From the penalty of sin, from the slavery of sin, from the dominion of sin. One person said, well, I believe in Jesus, and, and, and I go to church, and I try to pray every day, but, and I hear the word that says that Jesus has broken the dominion and power and rule of sin over my life, but I find myself habitually singing, sinning anyway. I find myself sinning anyway. I can't stop this activity in my life. Well, the first thing I would say, make sure that you are, first of all, born of God, born again. Secondly, I would say that we need to continue in the word of God. Jesus said that if we continue in his word, that is, if we obey, continually obey his teachings and live in accordance with them, are we obeying his teachings and living in accordance with them? Then the Lord said, you're going to know truth, and that truth is going to set you free from that habitual sinning, right? Knowing truth, having the word of God. Now, the Bible also tells us there in Romans the eighth chapter that if you, through the spirit, do mortify the deeds of the body or the deeds of the flesh, you shall live. It has to also do with allowing the Holy Spirit to work upon the word that has been sown in us. If you, through the Spirit, through the Spirit, if you, if, that means you have to participate, right? This is not something that God's just going to do on you. You've got to work with him. If you, through the Spirit, do mortify or put to death the deeds of the body or the flesh, you shall live. Deeds of the body talks about that sin nature, that sin that's been in you, that was present in you from the moment you were conceived. Even though the Lord has broken the power, the dominion, the rule of sin off of your life, it doesn't mean that sin has gone out of your life. But he's given you dominion over it through the power of grace. Right? So he says, first of all, if you continue in my word, if you lean on my word, if you understand my teachings, if you live by them, truth is going to come in. And if you allow the Holy Spirit to take those truths that are sown in your heart, those truths will put to death the deeds of your body. In other words, it will put to death those sinful desires that are still plaguing you on the inside. It doesn't mean, again, once you're born of God, it doesn't mean that, that sin is going to go. No, it does mean when you're born of God that the Lord gives you the ability to put your foot on sin's neck. To have, to have dominion and rule over it. Now, putting to death those sinful uh, deeds or putting to death those, um, those sinful desires um, also means, also in Romans 8 chapter, the Bible also talks about if you mind the things of the spirit, you'll live. But if you mind the things of the flesh, you will die. Minding the things of the Spirit means having the Word of God ever before you, focusing on Him, allowing your thoughts to focus on Him. Because as a man thinks, so is he. Now, if you go into neuroscience, I really want to go here, but we'll go anywhere. If you go into neuroscience, neuroscientists will tell you that there are patterns associated with our thoughts uh, actually in our brain and 
we can go into mental ruts, mental ruts, and uh, they call them neural pathways. Thank you, Holy Spirit, because I couldn't get it, but you gave it to me. They call them neural pathways. When you think a certain way, the same way over a certain period of time, it creates these ruts or neural pathways. I'm not sure if you've ever been driving before and um, there is a ditch on this side or on that side and maybe something's in the road. And if you're driving, if, if you don't watch it, the car, the, the wheel would go into the rut and it takes you a minute to sort of pull that thing right back out of that, right? Well, these thought patterns, we've developed them over a time. And let me give you one example. Now, a, let's say a red dress is hanging on the wall. There's a red dress hanging on the wall. All right, it's a nice red dress hanging on the wall, but it's just a red dress hanging on the wall. All right? And there is, a, there is an attractive woman there. There's an attractive woman and there's a red dress. All right, but she's not wearing anything in particular. She's wearing blue jeans or something like that. All right, all right. But when we see the red dress on the, on the woman, oh boy, then something pops up. Or for you ladies, maybe there's a nice, nice man sitting beside a nice car and with a lot of money in his pocket. I don't know. Hmm. He got curly hair. Hmm. I don't know. But you got what I'm saying. These things in themselves should not trigger a reaction. That's just a person. But something in us says that these, that A plus A plus A equals something pleasurable for me. Right? By the same token, let's say a man comes in with a leather jacket and he has all these emblems on his leather jacket. Well, in the past, you saw someone that was wearing those particular clothes that did something that was wrong, that threatened you. And now because of that experience, every time you see someone wearing this leather jacket, wearing these emblems, you automatically get afraid and don't know why that you're afraid. Well, that fear came as a result of something that happened in the past, and it caused you to think a certain way. Well, unless we pull our minds out of those ditches, we're going to continue to think that certain way after we see these trigger points coming up. You got what I'm saying? These neural pathways. So when the Lord says you have to mind the things of the spirit. In other words, when you're going through life, you're going to see these triggers. And the devil is a master at showing you all kinds of images, all kinds of images meant to trigger certain thoughts and emotions. So it is up to us now to pull our minds out the ditch and keep them on Christ. Because the more you dwell on that and how that makes you feel, the deeper that ditch gets and it doesn't go anywhere. But the more you pull your mind back out of that ditch and focus on Christ, that ditch begins to get filled in. And over time, over time, you realize when you see that trigger, that doesn't bother you the same way it used to before. Because you've actually rewired your brain. You've actually rewired your thinking. I told you many, uh, I don't know, a few years, a few years back, when I was having difficulty in a certain area, whatever it was at the time, the enemy would bring up a trigger point. He would bring up a thought. And when I was defeated, I would begin to meditate on that thought. Oh, maybe this is going to happen. And what happens? The ditch gets deeper. 
But the Lord began to tell me every time the enemy brings up that thought, you remind him of the word. Let that thought be a trigger point for who you are. So every time I have that thought, let's say to eat ice cream, every time I have that thought to eat ice cream, instead of meditating on that ooh, rocky road, ooh, rocky road, ooh, I can smell it. Anyway, every time that would come up, what would, what would I do? Instead of digging, instead of riding the ditch and, and letting that neural pathway continue in my heart, the Lord said, let that be a trigger for the word. When that comes up, let it trigger you to let it trigger. Let it be a trigger to remind you of who you are in me. So when I began to have those feelings, instead of going in the ditch, I began to say, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Pulling myself back out the ditch. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that, that you have paid my sin debt. I thank you, Lord, that I am redeemed. I thank you, Lord, that I am chosen. I thank you. I, I would begin to say these things. So every t- what the enemy meant for evil at first, then it was actually used to make me stronger. And what happened over time, he didn't bring that mess in my life anymore. Because he realized, I better leave this man alone. Because every time I try to trick him that way, it simply makes him stronger. And guess what? After a while, you realize, I don't think about that anymore. That doesn't bother me anymore. Is that making sense to anybody? So changing the way you think, letting your mind be focused on the spirit. He said, the Lord said again in Romans, the eighth chapter, he said, if you think on the things of the spirit, then you're going to reap life. If you think on things of the flesh, you're going to reap of things of the flesh. You're going to reap death. So who has the power to change the way you think? It's you. So you have to decide what thoughts you're going to think. You have to begin to rewrite those things and meditate on the word of God and focus on him and pull your mind out of these ditches. The more you pull your mind out of these ditches, not of these ditches. Now, this activity is a struggle at times. And this is also known as, a, as suffering. When you begin to tell yourself, no, I'm not going to do this. That's a form of suffering because you really do want to do it. You really do want that Rocky Road ice cream. You know, you really do that. You really want it. But you're telling yourself, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to focus on him. Now, whatever your Rocky Road ice cream is for you, you got what I'm saying? Whatever that is, however the enemy's trying to pull you into those ditches, the more you pull, so don't, um, don't, what do I want to say, Lord? Don't do damage to yourself by berating yourself because you've gone in a ditch. Pull yourself out of the ditch as much as many times as necessary. The more you pull yourself out of that mental ditch, the more free you will become. The act of pulling yourself out the ditch makes you stronger. Not that you stay out of the ditch, but the pulling out makes you stronger, makes you stronger, makes you stronger. The resistance is making you stronger. Got it? It's the journey, not the destination that's going to build you. It's the journey, the resistance. So instead of cursing it, let it be used to make you stronger. So mind the things of the spirit. Be led by the spirit. 
And also in Rome, Romans 8, uh, yeah, be led by the Spirit, minding the things of the Spirit, praying in the Spirit. Praying with the Spirit is going to also uh, give you um, the manifested dominion over sin. You're going to see it happen in your life. Minded, minded in things of the Spirit, being led of the Spirit, praying in the Spirit. Praying with the Spirit is going to give you that manifested uh, deliverance in your life. Amen? Praise God. Sermon number three. Let's go ahead and try to bring this thing to a conclusion today. So, so Jesus said, if, again, in, in John 8 chapter, if you continue in my word, you're going to be set free. Continue to do that. Now, let's go back to Colossians one more time. Colossians 2nd chapter, verses 13, 14, 15. I want to show you some things here. We're going to go a little bit deeper this week. Are y'all still with me today? Online community, you still with me? I can almost see you say amen. Colossians, the second chapter. Let's go back here again. Let's eat a little bit more here because I'm going to show you some more things here that's really going to help. Colossians, the second chapter, verse 30, 13. Colossians 2, verse 13 uh, through 15 says this. And you, being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, uh, he hath made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Let me I keep coming one more time. Because you are saved, because you are born of God, sin did not leave the building. Remember, you were born with a sin nature. Paul said, I keep under my body. In other words, I, he said, I buffet my body, bring it under subjection to me. Don't allow your body or the desires of your flesh to rule over you. Jesus said, I've given you, I've broken the rule, the dominion of sin off of your life. Let it stay broken. Okay? Doesn't mean well, you're born again. Hallelujah. That's a great thing. Glory to God. You're going to heaven. Hallelujah. Now it's time for us to begin to rule over our own soul. Now it's time for you to rule over your own soul and stop making excuses. I heard somebody say, well, that's just where I am. The devil is a liar. That's just an excuse. When Jesus has already given you all the tools needed, he gave you his spirit. He gave you his name. He gave you his blood. Come on, give me a break. He gave you his word. One of the best things you can do in life is to learn how to rule over your own soul not to let your thoughts control you, go in these mental ruts. Are you hearing? Amen. We have to grow. We have to grow. Having a healed soul, I'm telling you, is one of the greatest things you can have in life, a completely healed soul. Don't you understand that if you don't have a healed soul, you'll be ruled by fear? And I was ruled by fear for a number of years, Ken. I was ruled by fear. I was ruled by fear. I wouldn't want to go places to speak or anything and, and all these other things. And I tell you, it got so bad one time. I told you all this. I'm not sure if I told you this online community, but I'll tell it anyway. Fear got so bad in my life. I allowed it to, allowed it to rule in me. I allowed fear to rule in me so bad one time. I went to the McDonald's drive through window, John, and uh, up, there, up, up there in town. And I pulled around, and as I was about to place my order... At this fast food place, which I shouldn't have been there anyway because of the food, but anyway, 
I was about to place my order, and then I heard a voice. It wasn't the Holy Ghost. They're going to hear you inside there. Everybody in the kitchen is going to hear your voice. They're going to hear you. I thought, oh, they're going to hear me. And I began to stammer up. Now, this was while I was pastoring to you. A man of God. I was calling down fire and everything else in every other place, and people called me to pray, and I was seeing massive results. You can be a massive success publicly, but still have some issues privately. Nobody understood. I was still dealing with this. I couldn't get my order over the drive-thru intercom, so I pulled around and gave lady my order. Nobody knew what had to happen. Had to take control of these thoughts. Had to do warfare against it. Glory to God. I would have to go to uh, sometimes funerals. And my goodness, if I would use a mic, this was like a security blanket for me. If I was holding that mic, I was okay for some reason. But if I had to go to a graveside service, well, there was no mic out there. Oh, boy. And they would always call me to say something to pray. Won't you leave me alone? But it wasn't them. It was the Spirit of God saying, son, you can do this. Son, you can do this. But my mind kept going in those mental ruts. You can't do this. They're going to hear you. You have nothing to say. My mind kept going over there. But the spirit kept saying, come on back. 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 And the more he pulled me back, the more he refined me and, 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 and defined who I was in him, the stronger I got, the stronger I became. Are you hearing? But I had to stop cursing me. I had to stop cursing me, Ralph. I had to stop cursing me. Every time I would stammer at a service or something, some people would go. <laughs> I had to stop cursing me. I had to stop allowing the embarrassment to curse me. And I had to pull myself out of those ruts. The spirit had to pull me out. And every time he pulled me out, I got stronger and I got stronger and I got stronger. And instead of running away from opportunities to minister, even though I felt afraid, I said, yeah, I'll, I'll be there. Yes, I'll be there. Yes, I'll be there. I've had a lot of what I call embarrassing moments. But it was a spirit showing me you can do this, pulling me out of ruts. Let me tell you one more. Again, while I was pastoring. Now, do I have a problem with these areas now? No. We're good now. We're good now. We're real good. Done multiple gravesite services. No problem whatsoever. Sometimes I still call my wife, honey, had to do it. Had zero problem. <laughs> praise the Lord. Had zero problem. And it's just a praise. It's just a praise report now. It's just, it's just a praise report. Praise God. Had to do this. No problem. Praise God. Amen. This one particular time there, was, I was called to pray with the city. And uh, I think it was a time when there was a great 
drought in the entire city, just, just, I mean, in the county, community, whatever, and it was just a drought. And we said, we got to come together and pray. And they had called me up to pray. And so I went up to pray. And I remember, just like it was yesterday, I got up to speak, to pray, and I began a little stammer began to come up. Now, everybody's there. Everybody's there. There's the mayor and this and that. They're, they're, all, they're all there, Patricia. I felt it coming on. Anybody know what I'm talking about when you feel like a panic coming on? You feel like a wave coming on you? I felt it coming on. Now, inside, I began to call on the Lord, began to call on the name of Jesus. Lord, you got to do something. And then I began to feel, actually, I believe the mayor at the time, she, I think the Lord used her, she sent something. So she came and she put a hand on my back, sort of patted, and then I was able to go ahead and speak and, and pray with power. And not too many days from that, it was, I'm not sure how many, it was a month or so we didn't have rain or whatever, but whatever, after that prayer that day, I think we had rain either that week or that, that following, that week or something like that. It was something very close that everybody attributed, it must have been this, that day, at that time, that God moved mightily. So when the Lord broke the control of sin off your life, he also broke the power of sin off of your life. Sin is an invisible prison. And sin has many different bars. Fear is a bar. Worry is a bar. All these things, depression is a bar, something that keeps you in, that locks you in, that prevents you from doing what God has called you to do. Well, you've got to step to that. And one of the things the Lord began to show me, he said, you're not an animal. Don't let the enemy cage you. I said, yes, Lord. I will not be caged any longer. So I had to decide that I had to decide that I would rather face embarrassment, which lasted only for a moment, than the sting and pain of regret that lasted so much longer. I got tired of missing opportunities because I was afraid. So I had to stop cursing myself, stop cursing my weaknesses, and receiving Christ as my strength. And he kept pulling me out and pulling me out and pulling me out and pulling me out. Now I became stronger and stronger and stronger. So instead of cursing my weakness, the Lord used that to make me strong. You hear me? Had to stop wondering what people were thinking. People's thoughts are people's thoughts. You can't control what people are thinking, so why even try it? Thinking is private. I don't want to know what's going on in your brain. That's your business. You think I'm a fool? Then that's between you and the Lord. Glory to God. You got what I'm saying? Well, I'm going to do what thus said the Lord. If I have to go in, let me tell you another one. My goodness, Lord, okay, I'll do it. I had to go into this jail. 
John had gone to jail one time. Lady called me over to pray for her daughter that was in prison. Some of you heard me tell this. I feel like I need to tell it again, so I'm going to tell it. Called me to pray for her daughter who was in prison for murder. And I thought, what? Now, here, this is my earliest. I may have been pastoring maybe two or three years. I'm not sure. But she asked me to come in and pray for her daughter. And I was there uh, at the food bank during, during that time. And she said, would you go and pray for my daughter? I'm thinking, what can I say to your daughter? <laughs> but she kept pressing, Ken. She kept pressing. Would you go? I said, yes, 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 yes. Now, this was in the heat, the heat of the stammering and the stuttering. This was in the heat of it now. This is when the heat of it, when the enemy had his hand on my throat, and the only time you couldn't tell that I had the issue was when I was on the stand preaching. But you want me to go and say something? All right. Yes, she kept pressing. Yes. I went there, had my Bible in my hand. First time doing this, John. First time doing this. Went in the prison there. And I went up to the, you know, walked up to the guard thing there and all right, put your, okay, here are my keys, my wallet, identification, all I got, my Bible, okay, you can take your Bible in there, you got a minute, you can, whatever time. I said, all right, went in there, and I sat down there before the glass, you know, and all that, had my Bible out, you know, the inmates weren't, weren't up there yet, so sat down, all right, Lord, you got to give me something to say, you got to give me, you got to give me something to say, what do you want me to say, you got to give me what to say, you got to give me what to say. So finally, the inmates came in, and the lady sat down in front of me. I can see it like it was yesterday. She sat down in front of me, and with, with this worried sort of look, excuse me, on her face, I'm sure I had the same sort of look on my face. <laughs> she sat down there in front of me, had my Bible open, and she looked at me, and I said, hello. She said, hello. And then... I began to stammer and stutter, stammer, stammer. I'm like, Lord, I'm like, come on, where are you, Lord? Where are you, Lord? Get this motorboat started. Come on, like I couldn't get it started. I couldn't get it started. I'm there stammering and stuttering. I'm trying my best, and she's on the other side laughing like, She is having the time of her life. I'm thinking, Lord, I'm trying to tell this woman about you. I'm trying to do my best. And she over there laughing at me. Lord, she is just having. The <laughs> I'm thinking, oh, she's laughing at me. She's laughing at me. But then I thought, you know what? I said, OK, OK. I said, I said, I'm going to pray. 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 And I tried to pray and I prayed. I prayed and I got through the prayer and I, I tried to read. I was trying to read the word to her, trying to read the word, but I kept stammering, stuttering. So all I could do is hold the Bible up to the glass and said this, this, this. That's how bad it was. And she kept laughing and laughing. I said, Lord. And then finally I heard the sweetest sound I've ever heard in my life. Ring! Inmates, please return to your, to return to your, uh, your rooms. I said, oh. 
I walked out of there like I had just gone 15 rounds with Mike Tyson. I felt beat up. I went to the guard thing, got my things back, keys and all that back. Went back to the car. I felt so exhausted, so emotionally exhausted. I felt exhausted. I got in the car, rolled the window up, looked around, and I cried. All the way home, I cried and I said, Lord, I failed you. I failed you. She needed you, and I failed you. I failed you. I failed you. Got home, wiped it away, <sighs> let it go. About a year later, I saw her mother come to the food bank. I recognized her instantly. It was her mother. I saw her from across the room. Being the mighty man of faith I was, when I saw her, I ducked her. <laughs> I ducked. She went over there. I went over there. Went over there. But the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit kept putting her in my path. I went over here, and then she was over there. Went over there. So oh, went over there until eventually, hey, hey, hey. She said, "You remember me?" Yeah, you look familiar. Yeah, yeah, you remember me? You went to pray for my daughter that day in the prison. You remember that? Yeah, I think it's familiar. Yeah, I think it's familiar, yeah. You know, she still keeps talking about you. Well, what is she saying? She said how you encouraged her and how you blessed her. And how the joy of the Lord filled her heart and how she was able to get through that time because of what happened, because of what you said. Was there somebody else there that came that day? Because <laughs> that's not how I remember it. She said, no, it was you. It was you. It was you. And then it hit me like a ton of bricks. That God didn't need my ability. He needed my availability. And in my weakness was his strength made perfect. I'm thinking she's laughing at me, but it's the joy of the Lord that's filling her on the other side. It's the joy of the Lord. He's encouraging her. And I'm not sure what translated through the glass, but the Holy Ghost was on her on the other side. That's how the Lord began to pull me out the ditch, began to understand, son, it's not you. It's not you. It's me. I can do what you cannot do. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. So I've been to multiple other prisons, multiple of us. Got a one to go to this week coming up. Haven't had that happen. Haven't had that happen. Why? Because the Lord strengthens me. He strengthened me through those experiences. He strengthened me when I thought, oh, I'm embarrassed and I'm, I'm stammering. And All right, here's another. 
It's coming up again. I'll tell them this too, Lord. There's another way. I got a lot of experiences to you. Just up the road, just a little piece. Round still in that horrible time of the enemy having his hand around my throat saying, you have nothing to say. Nobody wants to hear you. You have nothing to say. You're not valuable. And I'm, instead of pulling out the ditches, I'm beginning to listen to what he's saying, and it's affecting me. Still, every day, every Sunday, I'm in the pulpit praising the Lord, and the anointing of God is strong publicly. Wow! But privately, fighting. Lord was strengthening me. I was calling to another church, Martha, and they were going to do a, a panel. I said, we want you to come and speak on this panel. You want me to do what? <laughs> and boy, I tried my best to get out of it, but here again, the Holy Ghost has his ways. Church was packed out. Maybe about seven, six or seven or eight pastors up on the stage and they were going to ask each other, ask questions, questions that I wasn't prepared for. Like, what you going to ask me? Don't worry, just come on. Here comes panic. Same thing. What am I going to say? What am I going to say? So I'm up here with it, and everything is fine. Nobody said anything to me. Praise God, I'm good. Sitting in my little chair. I'm not volunteering to answer any question. I'm just sitting here. I'm going to ride this thing out. But the Holy Ghost had the moderator say, okay, we want to give this question to next next person to uh next question to Pastor Stroud, huh? Yeah, we want you to answer this question, blah, blah. Now, I had ministered at this church before. Power of God was strong. Word of knowledge and, and um, you know, just a word, just undeniable Holy Spirit in this place. So they were familiar. But in this setting, as I sat there, got the question. And I tried my best to keep my eyes closed so I wouldn't see their faces. But I peeked. And I saw. <laughs> what? Some laugh, some shock. I said, Lord. So I, I stopped trying to fight through it. I said, Lord. Take a deep breath. And then I began to say again. And I began to say, and it began to flow out of me. And it began to flow out of me. I'm like, who's talking now? Who, who's this talking? Who, who is talking through me? Lord, this, this is you talking through me. I, blah, blah. I was moving my mouth, but my, it wasn't my words. It wasn't my words. It wasn't me. I'm asking, who's saying this out of my mouth? So, Lord, once again, confirming, I'll be your strength. 
So once that went over, I'm like, okay, we're good. Who got the next question? And everything was okay. That service ended. Mighty man of faith power, I'm out of here. <laughs> Not too long after that, the pastor of the church called me. He said, we thank you for coming today. I said, oh, well, yeah, thank you, thank you, okay, yeah. He said, you never know how you bless the people. Oh, what do you mean? He said, because when they saw you struggling, when they saw you struggle, they said, Pastor Stroud struggle like that? He said, your struggle encouraged them. They thought, if he can break through that, and he's dealing with that, and he's still moving by the Spirit, then there's hope for me. And once again, in my weakness, I'm blown away. I'm blown away. Wow, Lord, wow. It's not your strength that God needs. How much Bible you know and how much this and that you know. I just say, Lord, use me. Have your way in me. Because in your weakness, his strength is really made perfect. I'm a witness of that multiple times. And I can give you, I'm almost ashamed to say I have many more stories of how the Lord pulled me out and showed me. He had to show me again and again and again and again. Son, I got you. I got you. I got you. You're not alone. I got you. I got you. I got you. And through every one, I began to believe. You really do have me. Well, I don't have those issues anymore. I've grown out of those ditches. I'm saying I grew out, so you will grow out too. Out of your pain comes power. If you allow it to. Well, we're not going to get to Colossians this week. But I pray that you have received the word of the Lord as I have endeavored to speak what I believe the Lord was telling me to say to you today. Jesus has given you the ability to put your foot on the devil's neck. You're not an animal. So don't let him cage you. Don't let him cage your voice, your gift. Don't let the enemy silence you. That's what he designs to do. It's to silence your gift. One of my greatest gifts, is not, if not my greatest gift, is my voice. My voice. To either speak or to announce. Kingdomrock.org. Join us next time. I have a trained voice. And around every opportunity the enemy sought to choke me. Don't speak. I'm not sure what your gift is, but don't allow the enemy to shut it down. 
when your gift, your gift is a gift to the body. It's not for you, but it's for others. You're not an animal. Don't let the devil cage you. Be mindful of the spirit. Pray in the spirit. Come out of those ditches. Don't curse yourself. Don't curse yourself. Be patient with you as the Lord works with you through these difficulties in life. You will surely overcome. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for the words you've given us today. Lord, I pray today that you have spoken expressly by your spirit. Lord, I pray that your people will be strengthened and encouraged. Father, I pray that in their weakness, your strength will be made perfect and supreme. Father, cause your people to see who they are in you and who you are in them. Cause them to arise. Cause them to arise. Out of the place of obscurity. Let your glory shine about them, in them, and through them to effect a change in the world around them. For you have called them for such a time as this. I thank you, Father, for your faithfulness and for your plan for them. Bless your people, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. We love you online, community. If you're in the area, stop by and see us. We'll see you next time. Well, we pray that you were blessed and encouraged by today's message. Don't forget, you can connect with us at our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. So check it out today. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time.